The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. So I feel like we're in a weird Chicago Bears time. Welcome into the Windy City Podcast. Patrick Schmidt coming up. Another spirited episode of DeWindy in the offseason here. But so I go out to rookie minicamp on Sunday. And it's a beautiful day to watch the Bears run around in shorts and rookies learning the very basics and... Trenton Gill is punting, and this dude's 6'4", and he looks like Troy Aikman, and I'm wondering, are you the quarterback? Are you the receiver? You look like you could play safety. Oh, yeah, you're the punter. And I also thought the Bears had some really cool music uh, playing uh, that I don't know what song that, that uh, I tweeted it out at the car. You know you like that. And, I, and I'm searching it on Google and slash elsewhere, and I can't figure out the tune. But highly recommend it. Really like the music. Big lead here on DeWindy. But my point is this. The Chicago Bears are doing a lot to really convince you that Justin Fields is their quarterback and that they're all in on fields. Ryan Poles, I'm having great meetings with him. We're really connecting. Uh, He's the first guy in here. He's the last guy to leave. He's the hardest worker First of all, I don't know if I believe that. Um, you telling me other people in the building that like he's always the first one there? Really? You're not just trying to sell me and, in essence, sort of boost up fields in the media to fields, which he maybe doesn't need but probably doesn't hurt. And so I just feel like we're being sold something here. They're not... And I get that there's no real upside here speaking honestly. Like if Paul said, yeah, look, he had a bad rookie year, but Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace sucked, and they did absolutely nothing to help him. He shouldn't have been on the field uh, after two games, starting against the Browns in week three because Andy Dalton got hurt, and they hadn't even built an offense for him. It was just an absolute terrible job, so it's really hard to evaluate a season where he went two and eight, and as when he started, and seven touchdowns and ten interceptions, like none of that matters. We saw the flashes, so we believe in him. And or the other side, yeah, man, uh, what we've seen from Justin, he's got a long way to go, and we're not sure if he can get there. I get it; they can't say any of that, but they are way over the top. Luke Getze, I love the way he's connecting with everyone. Like, dude. Okay, you saw him on the field talking to somebody. You think they have a great connection? Like, I could be talking to you on the street for five minutes, and it could be the most painful conversation ever, and I might just want to get away from you, but I'm being nice. Like, you, I, there's something off about it. I can't put my finger on it, and I don't want to be the guy that's like, see, field sucks, but I do want to be the guy that's like, can we just live in reality? And the reality is, we hope that the quarterback's going to be good, but we don't know. We do not know. And part of him being good will be the Bears running an offense that he's comfortable in and putting players around him. Of what they've done this offseason is draft Bayless Jones in the third round, which was an overdraft by most people who watch football. I'm not saying they're wrong, but again, that's where like nobody expected him to go. There are very few. And they drafted a bunch of offensive linemen in the late rounds who may or may not make it. They probably have a 10% chance that one of them will hit. So it's going to be hard for Fields in this fine year two of Justin Fields and the Bears. 
But there they're out there. Eberflus loves him. Getsy loves him. Poles loves him. And they really want to tell you about it. It's interesting and a little bit off, at least the way I'm feeling it. Do Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. Let's talk about the story of the week. And, of course, we're in the middle of May here, so... There wasn't any real breaking news, but Ryan Poles had a radio tour this week. He was on The Score with Molly and Haw. He was on uh, ESPN 1000 with Captain Jay Hood. And so, you know, it was a whole lot of Justin Fields and all in on Fields. And so uh, let's just hear, we'll play, we'll play a little clip here. of This was, this was Poles on the phone with, uh, with the Score guys in the morning and just his belief in 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 good old uh, in good old Justin Fields, let's let's take a look at this one. You describe the level of belief that you have or the organization has in Justin Fields and his development as a franchise quarterback. Yeah, uh, my level of belief is is sky high. Um, and the one thing that you can tell, the way this guy's moving around the building right now, is he is locked on, he is focused, and he wants to be great. He's a first in, last out type guy. Not even type guy. He is that guy. And he's pulling this team together. Um, and you can tell the fact he has on other people. I mean, all these guys, are, are they're showing up. They're going to work. <clears throat> they're doing extra with him. He's locked in with Luke. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see. His presence is showing up, and he's starting to take over. And obviously, we got to get to, to – camp and we got to get to preseason games and there's a long journey here and there will be some ups and downs especially with a new system that he's got to get through and I know he's cleaning up some techniques uh, so it's not all not going to be perfect but it's coming and my belief is sky high with him sky damn high locked in with Luke the way he's moving around the building and I didn't expect him to say anything negative about the quarterback. That would have been crazy. Oh, we're not sure about this guy. I mean, that would have been insane. But he really, really went. Uh, he went tall here, Schmidt. Are you buying it? Do you, or is he is he trying somehow to sell his belief to Fields? Maybe just to pump up his quarterback more than anything else. I don't think he needs to sell Justin Fields to Justin Fields. Uh, I think this is all confirming what we knew. Ryan Poles wouldn't be the general manager of the Bears if he didn't want to go all in with Justin Fields as the Bears franchise quarterback for the next few years here. Um, so, yeah, I love to hear that. Like you said, he's not going to say anything else. He's not going to say, yeah, I wish Justin was would spend a little bit more time watching film. I wish he would spend a little bit more time in the weight room. Um, so this is this is all just confirming what we want to hear. Uh, and it's good to hear. This is the type of stuff we heard about Justin Fields at Ohio State, about his work ethic and his demeanor and the way he can command a, a locker room and his just his his drive. This is a great mental attitude and a great approach. This is not the the Cade McNown approach of the uh, you know, I'm gonna do whatever I want when I want. So this is all great to hear now. Did Ryan Poles' actions during the draft and in free agency back up that all-in approach? I think that's up for debate. But, yeah, I think we could set aside any kind of questions or concerns if uh, Ryan Poles isn't convinced that Justin Fields is his guy because he wasn't the one who drafted him. We can get to some of the draft evaluation in a second here. Dan Orlovsky's got some interesting comments that we're going to play for you. And there was also an interesting piece in The Athletic where a couple of scouts were quoted and there's just sort of a Matt Eberflus is too a much of a defensive coach already slant that's 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 hurting Fields. So we'll get to that in a second. But I don't I don't know why I I want to be or I'm turning into the whoa take it easy let's not get super excited about Justin Fields whose jersey by the way we're giving away our sweepstakes ended and we were going to announce on today's show who won it, but as of this very moment, we have not received confirmation back from the person that we emailed that you won. So if you are watching the show right now, hoping that you won, you still, at this very moment, are in. So we might have to have our announcement next week, uh, but the sweepstakes are exactly, uh, are the sweepstakes are over at this point. But so... I, I, I almost here. Let, let me let me play Luke Getzey for you, Schmitty, because 
he, he said he's, you know, he's him and Luke are in great, the, the new Bears offensive coordinator and the first time offensive coordinator. So here comes Luke racing in to tell everybody uh, his thoughts about his uh, Justin Fields, gets his in, impression of, of Justin Fields. I, um, I've been super impressed with him. I really have. Um, there's no one in this building that works harder than him. There's no one that cares more than him. So uh, we're off to a great start. And, uh, you know, he's really accepted this challenge. Uh, we've asked, we're asking a lot of him to, to learn a lot of new things. And, um, no, he's been a pleasure to work with. So, hey, hey Patrick, if yeah. somebody came into fan-sided and said, you know, hey, what, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you all think of Carm? Oh, Carm's the greatest. Carm works harder than any than everyone. Carm cares more than everyone. Carm's the first guy and the last guy to go. Wouldn't that bug you a little bit if you were anyone else other than Carm? <laughs> I like I, I I don't like if it's like they're trying to is really is he really is is that really the case? Like if, if I'm somebody's got to be looking around like hey man, uh, I'm watching film too over here. Uh, so I, it almost seems like they're just trying to sell him. That's all I'm saying. I don't think David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney are, you know, sitting in the same press room area and, and seeing all these clips and saying, Hey man, why aren't you guys talking about me? I'm watching film. I'm working out. I'm, you know, I'm working, I'm doing this and that. I don't think there's any sort of animosity or anything like that. These are pointed questions asking about Justin Fields. I think the one thing though, that is kind of interesting that they're having to field questions about, is Justin Fields working hard? Is he doing this? What's he doing? It's it's framed a little odd to me. Like, it's I don't know. Like, is he not working hard? Like, is that what they're they're trying to get at? Like, I don't know. It, it just feels a little weird to me that we're getting all of these questions. Like, yeah, like this this is the quarterback. He's supposed to be doing this. He's supposed to be learning the playbook. He's supposed to be working with his teammates working out with his receivers and tight ends in the offseason and, and developing that chemistry. So I kind of want to – maybe this is just late April, early May type of stuff when you have a new coaching staff, you have a guy entering his second year, and maybe it's magnified a little bit because he is a quarterback and it is the Bears. But I, I'm ready to move past these, you know, is Justin Fields watching film? Is he picking up the playbook type of stuff? And I'm ready to actually, like, get into, like, real football stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, we're we're one step away from that. And this is slightly real football, at least. Uh, but this one more from Luke. Hey, uh, hey, how how's how's Justin doing with his with his teammates? Uh, what what what's going on with uh, his relationship with his teammates? Going really well so far. I think the relationship with Justin is, has been really good too. You know, some of these new guys that, that uh, have come in the building that didn't even know Justin before, um, they've all connected really well. Uh, things have been um, getting better every single day. I mean, uh, the routes that we get to throw during the week and you know, implement some of that stuff on air. I mean, all that stuff has been really good, and uh, I'm really, I'm really impressed. Can't wait to see these guys run around again in OTAs. Just a, you know, that mini camp, everything was so new and everything. Guys were spinning a little bit still. I feel like everyone's got a really good grasp of what's going on right now. So it'll be fun to watch them in OTAs. So again, negative Nancy over here, but I'm just like, look, how, how do, how does he know how he's connecting with everyone? You're like, don't, do, you, hey, how, how, how are you? How is uh? Guy in cubicle C connecting with women in cubicle D when you're the president and you're sitting in your office. Like, I, how does he know? Like, I don't, it just feels off to me, man. I, there's there's something a little bit weird. Like, they're just trying to push it. He's great with his teammates. He's the first one in here. He's I'm like, okay, listen, I get it. We need the quarterback to be great. We've all seen the moments of brilliance this year the fourth and one run against the Niners to the end zone uh a, mil a million other runs where he where he looked great the comeback against the Steelers like I I I got it like the talent's there but I don't, I don't know man I feel like I'm being sold I feel like I'm going to use Carlisle with the Bears I yeah there is the one part where they're trying to to sell you but I I think people have already bought in and <laughs> yeah, I think the next true. part is well I think we 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 should buy in we are cautiously optimistic buying and we want to buy it. We want to go all in as fans, but I, I think you see the, the chemistry and the relationships, just how guys go about their business. How are they talking in between reps? How are they communicating before and after? How are they making their, 
um, adjustments on the fly. And I think, you know, afterwards, you know, are these guys hanging out? Are they talking? Are they extending practices and sessions uh, into the night? Are, are they texting each other? Are they, um, you know, kind of just developing that relationship beyond the field? And I think that's easy to see. That's easier to develop than, you know, being a 4,000-yard passer and a 1,300-yard receiver. But, yeah, I, I think this is all, like, it's all icing on the cake for me. Like this is, I expect this, this is like, yeah, like this is like, a, like it's not an accomplishment in my book to have a good relationship with your receivers. Like that's like the bare minimum. Um, so what do you do beyond that? How do you translate that relationship? These good vibes uh, in a production and success on the, on the field. And it's way too early to make any kind of definitive statements. I know we're hosting a podcast and we're supposed to say, the way I saw it, the way he looked in rookie minicamp on, on May 4th, I'm ready to say he's going to be the first 4,000-yard uh, quarterback in Bears history. Like, it's it's way too soon to say that, but this is the first time Getze and Eberflus, the Flus and Poles, they've all been together, all out on the field at the same time. So this is just the first time they're having to field all these questions. But I, I think these questions are going to stop, you know, kind of once we get into training camp. All right. Uh, and for the record, the uh, the best quarterback at rookie minicamp, because we're dealing with all the rookies here, uh, who's the guy out of Ball State? Drew Plitt? Drew Platt? Uh, Schmitty, you're, you're Mr. College Football here. I thought the, I thought the guy, uh, he, he looked decent. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't he didn't make the cut but he looked a whole lot better than uh anybody else that was out there so anyway that's my that's my big quarterback takeaway from bears rookie minicamp drew damn plitt is gonna he's gonna find somewhere in the league market you heard it here first drew plitt chirp chirp ball state bears rookie minicamp damn it yeah i mean i i got nothing more to add than that other than <laughs> i don't know are, are you on the the payroll are you the agent you got a cut on his uh future practice squad earnings but yeah, we, we see a lot of these guys that were, you know, we didn't want to get too excited about these undrafted free agents that were signed when we were talking post-draft. Um, and even these sixth and seventh round draft picks, you don't want to get too excited. There's going to be plenty more cuts to come. But, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe he's uh, the the Seahawks' next starting quarterback once they move on from Drew Locke and they can't trade for Baker Mayfield. Who knows? I'm just telling you that that Plitt was better than Ryan Willis in, in my expert Carm on the field Sunday, working hard on Mother's Day opinion here. By the way, you can hit the, on, on Twitter if you want to see punts of the pictures of the punter. Feel free to uh, go to good old at the Carm on Twitter and you'll see our, our guy booming away here, uh, 6'4 punter. But here, Schmidt, you wanted me to pull Dan Orlovsky, who uh, it's an interesting little play he gets here as to how Justin Fields could actually sort of get himself in the MVP conversation because of everything the Bears have been doing uh, in the offseason. So, so here was Dan on uh, Keyshawn J. Will uh, in the morning. Your secondary is good this year or not is really not going to be a massive um, impact or a massive, massive determining factor on whether your quarterback starts to get some feel good, play better, and you start to put building blocks in place to allow him to play well. So, yeah, I completely agree. I was surprised that one of those second-round picks wasn't either an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. Like I said, Jay, his top two pass-catching threats are a second-round tight end and a third-round wide receiver that they took high, high draft-wise. They third-round 24- or 25-year-old receiver they took out of uh, Tennessee this year. So – for us to expect for this young quarterback to come in and play really well this year, you're kidding yourselves. It's not going to happen. And if Justin Fields does, if Justin Fields plays really well this year, he will be in the MVP conversation because of what he has been given to play with. So the team is so bad that if he plays well, he'll be an MVP candidate. Thoughts? There is a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. One, I think we all agree that the weapons, and he omitted Darnell Mooney from the the conversation, which was weird. But, but there, there is a lack of weapons and a lack of an arsenal for Fields to work with, which is why we were all up in arms during the draft, after the draft, leading up into the draft, why they needed to draft receivers, and they waited 
until their third pick to get one. And, you know, maybe he's a better returner than he is a better receiver. Um, so I think that's completely fair criticism. And I think when we talk about Ryan Poles and the Bears being all in on Justin Fields, it's like, okay, well, if you're all in on Justin Fields and the entire success of this franchise and your job depends on the well-being and the success of Justin Fields, why didn't you go all in and support the most important position and the most important player on your roster? So it's a, it's, it's a double-edged sword there of, yes, they're all in, but did their actions back that up? And yep. I think it's fair to say that, you know, Orlovsky's point is well, is well said. He, But also Orlovsky is a buyer in the talent that Fields brings to the equation. And we know this talent and we know this potential, but turning that potential into production and success is the hardest thing. That's what gets people fired and, and people released and cut and traded in, in professional sports and, and in the real world. If you can't translate that potential into production, uh, you're not going to be around for long. So, um, yeah, if Justin Fields is successful and and puts up some numbers and can lead the Bears to some wins, yeah, he's probably going to be in the MVP conversation with guys like, you know, Rodgers and Brady and Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and all these other more established and greater quarterbacks. That's not to say he's better than them right now, but – if Justin Fields can somehow find a way to win nine games with this roster, yeah, he's definitely going to be one of the more valuable players in the NFL. Yeah, and in general, it's just basically a shot at the Bears. Like, you, you, you've you done absolutely nothing to help this dude, and, and so if he's good, he's the damn MVP. You're, yeah. the, you're the least valuable GM. Uh, there was a – Mike Sando, who does a great job over at The Athletic um, – you know, they, they had a piece over there, execs unfiltered on all 32 classes. And some of the comments from scouts on the Bears were uh, the defensive coach, the long-term outlook by the GM, it looks like they want to get back to old-school Chicago football where they play great defense and good enough offense. That's from one evaluator. I'm okay with their draft because they're sticking to their philosophy. They have tried quick fixes in the past, whether it was trading for Khalil Mack or paying for this player or that pair, player in free agency, and it didn't work. Um, and then this one's a little more cutting. Uh, they did take a receiver in the third round, Bayless Jones, but in, in taking corner Kyler Gordon and safety Jaquan Brisker in the second, it looks like the head coach has a lot of juice there, an exec said. Those are good scheme fits, willing tacklers, physical guys. Um and then finishing, if they have patience to go with the old Cleveland four-year plan and wait for Aaron Rodgers to leave the division, I could see validity to that. So basically saying that Eberflus is pulling on polls and saying, hey, this is what, you know, this is, you know, this is where he's most comfortable. He wants to bolster his defense. He knows that the Bears secondary was atrocious. So he's having perhaps a little more influence on the GM than coaches would have elsewhere, at least especially first year coaches. I don't, I don't really, I don't know if I buy that at all. To me, it just was best player on the board draft philosophy, but some, you know, there's, there's an executive thinking that Eberflus is kind of, you know, pulling, pushing around what polls is going to do. I think it's a little fair. Uh, I think it might be a little bit of a reach to say that Eberflus is, pulling the strings or, or kind of nudging polls. I, I think it's probably a little bit of a partnership, obviously, which is what you should want between your head coach and your general manager, both of them rookies in their respective positions. But yeah, I agree. We talked about this. They took best player available and we wish that the draft board fell in the way that the best player available were offensive players more often than not. So I don't think just because the first two players were defensive players that Eberflus was was calling the shots and running the show. Now, if we're having the same conversation two years from now or next year, uh, I think it's it's it might be a little bit more fair to say. I think it's a little bit of a reach this year, but yeah, it's 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 also not incredibly unfair to, in, in kind of what they're saying because we were saying that too last week. Yeah, I, listen, I, I don't just logically understanding human beings. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't think that Matt Eberflus, who's getting his first shot at being a head coach in the NFL, would come in six weeks on the job 
and be so bold as to tell the general manager that hired him, hey, this is who I really want. Can you yeah. do this for me? Like that just – that does not seem like how it would go. Yeah, so, I agree. We, we have not seen that side of his personality. This is not an, like a me guy. Like he's got no – this is not like Josh McDaniels or, or somebody of that ilk of John Gruden who was probably running, right. the, running the show in, over Mike Mayock. So – yeah, this is a we're like, dude, we're like a week and a half removed from the draft, and we're making these big proclamations or these ex unnamed executives. Like, yeah, Eberfus is running the show, and, and Ryan Poles is just a general manager and title only. Uh, I think that's a, it's a it's too big of a reach for me. Yeah. Uh, so the one offensive guy that they did draft at least early, and we can get to Treston Ebner and company, uh, the offensive lineman, if we want today, but. You know, Valus Jones shows up at Bears rookie minicamp in a suit, all business, which is kind of amazing. And he's just, uh, you know, he's he's the he's the third round pick, but he's also the first offensive guy. So everyone's excited about you know the guy coming out of Tennessee, and he's going to be all over the field. So Getzy, there's a couple interesting comments again from the offensive coordinator one on uh what they want from Bayless and what he wants from the offense which is gets he wanting he wants versatile guys that's what the whole offense is built around the versatility of everybody so uh, we want versatile guys guys that can do a bunch of different things give us an opportunity to uh you know, to do a bunch of different things with each guy. So we don't we don't want just one guy that can run down the field. We don't want just one guy that can run a choice route. We want guys that can do a bunch of different things. So, uh, you know, he definitely has that versatility. So that's really cool. That was fun to see this weekend. Interchangeable parts. Um, good in theory. Hard for a rookie, though, right? Hey, this is what this is the plays we're going to run with you out of the slot. This is the plays we're going to run from you out of the backfield. If we split you wide, you're going to run this pattern. Um, and by the way, and, and here's our here's everything that we're doing on punt returns and kickoff returns. That's a lot, man. Even if you're showing up in a suit and you're all business, that is a lot to digest. I mean, they're going to have to be strategic about this. You got to be smart about it. You don't want to put too much on his plate all at once. Slowly but surely keep adding to it. Let him get comfortable. Let him excel in that. And then add a little bit more. Let him get comfortable. Let him let him fail because you, you learn more in your failure. You want to make sure he he's comfortable and not thinking out on the field. We hear this all the time. You want guys to react and to just play, not not think. And that could be tough for, for rookies and and second year players and you know shoot even some veterans. But I think if they're they're smart about this, we have a a long off season, a lot of a lot of practices in between now and the first game. But I think in the return game. It's I don't want to say it's easy because I'm not the one out there doing it, but I think returning it's it's a lot more instincts and actions. Sure, it's that's fair. Less convoluted than lining up in the slot. You got a motion, then you got a check back, and then you know you're you're trying to do a number of different things against. You know this is what you do against a cover three. This is what you do if you're on press. This is what you do if you're open. So I think it's 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 going to be toughest for him on the offensive side if he's lining up in the slot. If he's lining up on the perimeter. And then if they want to get cute with him and, you know, play that kind of Debo Samuel role that, that we talked about during the draft and, and post-draft about being versatile and, and being a, a weapon out of the backfield and a, a high percentage target for fields, that's really going to be the challenge. I think that's going to be the last kind of element for it. But we, we've seen this with Tariq Cohen and, and other guys around the league. You try and ask them to do too many things all at once, they can't really be good at any of them. So let Valus Jones be – be great in the return game first. Let him be good as a receiver in, in kind of one spot. Let him operate out of the slot. And then from there, let him get comfortable. And then once he's comfortable there, line him up in the backfield. Line him up next to David Montgomery in the split back. Um, and maybe get a little creative. Maybe some direct snaps out of kind of like a wildcat. But, yeah, I hear you. It can be daunting. But, hey, he's he's a 25-year-old, six-year college veteran. He's been in a number of new offenses. He learned a, a new offense last year at Tennessee. Uh, came from some offenses at USC. So he's gone through this before, but agree. Caution, little by little by little. Don't just throw him into the deep end. He, he's literally got to be pinching himself late at night. I, I was not getting drafted last year. Now they let me play receiver at Tennessee. 
I showed what I could do. And here come the Bears taking me in the third round, a team that has absolutely no offensive talent except for Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery. And they're literally talking to me about playing every damn position and falling. I mean, that's that's amazing. He couldn't yeah. have fallen. You know, I mean, he the offense could be set up better for success that's going to make him look good, but he's going to get every opportunity. I think that's pretty clear. I mean, who else yeah. like that, right? You yeah, know? I mean, he's the, the glow-up he's had over the last two years. I mean, you get the extra year of eligibility from the whole COVID season, the, the free transfer basically from USC to Tennessee. You know, he doesn't have to sit on any of that stuff from the old right. transfer rules. Has a really good season in a an offensive friendly system with there with, with Josh Heupel running the show there in, in Knoxville with Tennessee. Has a pretty good year. Gets on the radar of NFL teams. Maybe he's a, a fourth round ish type of prospect. Bears take him at, at seventy one in the third round. And like you said, probably not a better position to be drafted in from his point of view because he's probably already the number two receiver on the Bears with a quarterback. Uh, and Justin Fields, who's got all the potential in the world. Um, and if, if he can thrive and Fields can thrive, this could be a nice little uh, one-two combination over the next few years. Let's let's do one more from Getsy on Bayless, and uh, we can move on from the, the Bayless l- l- love affair right now. But uh, And Bayless, I love you. I, I absolutely love you. Showing up in a suit, you're sweet, you're you're motivated. And I think he was talking – He was. T- I should have pulled this cut. But he was talking about Devin Hester. He's like, Yo, you know, Devin was sweet. I mean, I remember him on Madden. His speed was 99. Like, <laughs> he's evaluating – he, like he sort of remembers him on the field, but he certainly remembers his his yeah. matted number. I don't I don't remember the the touchdown in the Super Bowl or returning the 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 missed field goal or any of this. I remember the 100 speed rating on Madden. Yeah, the playing Madden. It's like oh, I'm I'm playing with this dude. Different this generations, guy. right? It's it's awesome. But so this was, uh, you know, hey, he's here because of the speed, right? Four three and all that, and and it it doesn't. It's not just at the combine. Here's here's Getzy on uh, on Bayless' size and speed and how it's going to be sweet. And physically, you know, he's he's a physically mature dude. I mean, he can handle this league. You can see that already. And then the speed just jumped off you on the uh, jumped at you on the tape. I mean, uh, when that guy gets uh, the ball in his hand, he looks like four three on the field. You know, not many guys can can do that. And I think that's what that's what stood out about this guy. He, he has a chance to score every time he touches the ball. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling it the overgetsy because like <laughs> he he can handle this league. Hey man, I, well we'll see we'll see. Settle down there, Luke. We you know we're we're I rookie. Hope so. Yeah, right. I mean, dude. But okay, it's not just on on the tape. He's seeing it on the field. So I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to believe you, Luke Getze. I'm going to believe that that's the case. So, I, I mean, it's right. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's, it's exciting. Let's, I, I don't know why I'm so skeptical yeah. on what's being said, but I'm a little, I'm just, I, my antenna is up. It's the new, it's the new Christmas present you get. You're, you're super excited that you play on Christmas night and, and the 26th and 27th. And hopefully, you know, by January 15th, they're not tired of this toy. Hopefully this is something that they're getting a lot of use from. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all talk. It's all selling the guy. And I don't think they're trying to say this to convince themselves. I mean, those decisions are done. They got to live with them. But yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of things to like. We could be critical. Why didn't they should have taken a receiver earlier? I'm over the whole, hey, that he was overdrafted. I mean, hey, they may have found a steal here in the third round where they got him. And if he puts up number two type production, we're going to say this was a steal and all the stuff about him being a reach and it, even my own initial gut uh, reaction on draft night. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I, I can't wait to to eat crow on that. Yeah, let's write. Hey, in the in the moment on draft night, Schmitty was like, I don't know. And then in the moment at, at 49, I freaked out. But yeah. like today, May 9th, Jaquan Brisker you for some reason you already look like a five year vet out there, man. Like the next there's the- Tony Parrish, the next Mike Brown, the <laughs> next great bear safety. We're in, buddy. We yeah. we 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 love you. Uh and by the way, we're gonna get to our top five bear quarterbacks of all time to wrap up the show in a little bit here. But uh as as we move along here, it is schedule week, Schmitty. It's coming up on Thursday. The Bears are going to find out. Uh, we already know who they're playing at home. It's the Lions, the Packers, 
the Vikings, obviously, in the division. And then it's Eagles, Washington, Bills, Dolphins, Texans, and the 49ers all coming to Soldier Field. And then you have the three division away games, Lions, Packers, Vikings. And then it's at Dallas, going at the Giants, at the Jets, two trips to New York, at New England, and at Atlanta. I don't know if you got any schedule predictions here. If you think the Bears are ever going to be on Sunday night or Monday night or who the opener will be with. But I'd love my, – my hope this year is that we have a Sunday night game with New England. Mac Jones versus Justin Fields in prime time. Let's go. Let's see if the Bears got their quarterback choice right in, in year two. That's what I'm hoping for. If that happens, the Bear, I mean, the Bears are going to be one of the bigger surprises in the NFL if they're playing a Sunday night game. And we'd love to see it. Um, I think Monday night is going to be a little bit more likely. Thursday, maybe Thursday night, one of those. I don't know. Some of these matchups can be kind of dicey. When uh, Thursday night football first started back up again, it was a, a lot of awful, awful matchups. But I don't think we're going to get many primetime games this year. Last year, I think there was five primetime games on the initial schedule with a lot of those backloaded. The, the Rams opener, and then there was like four or five uh, in the last few weeks of the season with a lot of people wanting the, you know, the anticipated unveiling of Justin Fields. The Steelers game, that was that was a great one. It didn't end with the, the final score we wanted, but we saw Justin Fields lead the comeback. And the Bears defense just couldn't stop the Steelers from getting the game-winning score. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to see many primetime games. I don't know how many wins we're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping – I think if you could get to seven wins, I think that would be a, a success. Um, I, you know, we could really do the full-on breakdown next week once we kind of see where the bye week lines up, where the – you know, the, the toughest, you know, three- and four-game stretch is and, and all of that. And all of this saying that, you know, things can change quickly, you know, with injuries and and all of that stuff. If you're playing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, three other starters are out, well, they might actually have a chance to win. Um, but I think if they could get to seven wins, if they go seven and ten, obviously that's not ideal. That's not the end goal. You're not going to the playoffs with a seven and ten record, but – I think all in all, seven and ten. I would take that. I, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna remember this this podcast on May the ninth as the day that that you dreamed up of of can we get to seven? The can we yeah. put the the seven win dream? I don't uh, yeah. I don't know what Vegas is setting the over under at. I, it's probably something like four and a half because uh, yeah, I, I think I think four four I think is probably good. Yeah, but seven. I think you got to shoot for seven. I mean, they won. What What did they win last year? Six. I don't know how. I'm, I think uh, they won five games last year. Uh, hold on. Five that, and twelve. I think they were six and eleven. We should know that. That's it. That's uh, it. We were we, we were pressed. I don't, all think, I don't think I was happy six times on Sunday and Monday. You don't. You don't. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Let's do an NFL. Let's do a double check here on the fly. And uh, for for you incredible diehards out there who know every bears record from every year we're impressed it's i was right six and eleven okay uh, yeah it was a big the big six uh the chicago bears so like wins over the Bengals, lions raiders remember when the bears were three and two it was sweet then another win over detroit so they beat detroit twice last year seahawks giants those are your wins um see that's the thing man you won six games last year they're gonna be worse that 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 would not be good. Um, well, you got to figure. Uh, well, Khalil Mack's gone. Is Robert Quinn going to have eighteen and a half sacks again this year? I think we're both taking the under there. Sure. Allen but, Robinson is gone, and Akeem Hicks is going to be gone. And right, but yeah, that I mean, if that means if they win less than six, that means Fields most likely, most likely was really bad, and that would be really really bad so uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say that because i think the the defense could be really bad right. no hicks no well, i mean you know right a couple of starters in the secondary sure so, I, mean, I think fields could be okay right and, and the bears are, are five and, and 12 or six and 11 um if the bears win seven i i think that means fields was was really good and he's doing the orlovsky mvp campaign uh, but it's going to be hard for him to be really great, as we've said, ad nauseum. But, yeah, I think I think they could have a worse record than they did last year and still show signs of improvement. I think they're going to go like one in five in the division. 
I mean, I don't know. Detroit got better in the draft, but, you know, they're still Detroit, obviously. Um, but it, it's going to be tough to beat Green Bay again, obviously. Minnesota is better. You know, can you beat the Jets, the Giants, the Dolphins, some of those non-division, non-conference teams? I, I mean, that's that's really where it's, it's you're going to have to make the leap from, you know, a four-win team to a seven-win team. We're getting some hope in the chat here from Adam, hoping that week one's at Green Bay. They play like crap last year in Jacksonville. And versus, that's, that's true. The Packers came out awful last year, and everyone buried them. And then the next thing you know, they'd won the division and somehow, some way, blew it in the playoffs against the Niners. So, okay, sure. Green Bay week one. Let's go. Let's start it off with the Packers, although it's kind of – I don't know if I want to get dominated by Green Bay to start the season. That feels a little dicey. Um, yeah, but conversely, let's flip the narrative. You get a a, a twenty four to twenty three upset win. You get Super all the Bowl. momentum behind you. Super, Super Bear, Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, Super I mean, come on, let's go, let's do it. But so, yeah. so let's go. One 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 huge thing that I think we were relevant of last year when the schedule came out, and and we I don't know if we dismissed it or, or didn't think it would be that much of a factor because of the talent level, but. The Bears didn't have back-to-back home games at all last year. They were home, a road, home, road, home, road, uh, a tough bye week. And then they were playing a, a number of teams coming off their bye week. So it's tough to win with the, you know, that kind of hand that was dealt their way. Obviously, the Bears lost plenty of games for the reasons that we saw on the field. But I think that's a very uh, intangible element that, uh, you know, we're going to have to see how that plays out. You know, sure. going to be a stretch where the Bears get two or three home games in a row. Are they going to be playing uh, two or three road games in a row against some tough opponents? Um, these, these are going to be big swings when you're talking about trying to go from six to eight wins or, or five to seven and trying to make that leap. You, you've got some terrible teams on the schedule, though. I mean, really. Yeah. Four-win four Giants, four-win Jets. Um I'm not exactly terrified of of the Minnesota Vikings. That's three, four win Texans. Uh, you know Washington. You know, come on. Uh, the, and okay, maybe Detroit will be better, but you gotta feel you you're gonna at least split with the Lions. Um, P. Funkster Jones. As long as we support our Bears, it's gonna take a minute. But polls, you're gonna get is gonna get them in the right uh, way. Okay, bear down. P. Funkster. Appreciate that optimism, buddy. I'm I'm all in on Ryan Poles right now. Uh, absolute 100% benefit of the doubt for me. So schedule out later this week. Everybody goes nuts. Danny Parkins, my guy over the score, somehow has a connection. So I would be following Danny Parkins on that day because somehow he always, he always knows before it comes out. My guy Harry Tynowitz has a guy who gets the Bears schedule. I think that's my dream, Schmitty. One day to not necessarily to be the schedule guy, but to get pieces of information in something that everyone cares about ahead of everyone, just to get that. Like, that sounds like fun to be the schedule leaker. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good fun. Um, to your point though, there it's like, you got 17 games. We, we know who they're playing and it feels like there's always like five or six, maybe that are just like, Oh, these are guaranteed losses. Like, uh, we're just not beating these teams, like, n- no matter what. And then there's, well, most years, there's, like, another five or six. You're like, oh, definite win, two wins against Detroit, book them, split against the Vikings. Um, and then there's, you know, the, the other third of the schedule that's, like, coin flips. And, and maybe this year there's a little bit more coin flips than, than others, um, those teams you just rattled off, because they're kind of in similar boats that, you know, that the Bears are in, too. The Jets, the Giants, Washington, the Texans. Um, it's kind of the benefit of playing a third place schedule. Um, so they got to take advantage of that. If they could win some of these coin flip games, win win three out of five of these coin flip games, that's that's gonna be the difference between five wins and seven wins. And I mean, it's it's the little things that that make big differences. So yeah, but they're going to have to play perfect. They're going to have to play better in the fourth quarter, in the third quarters of games. The, thank God the naggy era of never scoring in the third quarter. Hopefully that could be rectified. But I'm I'm also excited to dive into the schedule and see what how it all shakes out on Thursday. We'll go week by week next Monday, and we'll we'll pick and we'll pick the winners of all 17 games. All right, uh, and look, I don't care how many games they win. 
There we go. I, honestly, I don't care how many games they are, they win as long as the quarterback's good. Play yeah. well, play Same well, here. Justin Fields. Like literally, nothing else matters. Uh, and speaking of that, let's do it here. Our first ever top five list: the top five Chicago Bears quarterbacks of all time. I feel like we should flip. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? How do you want to do this, Schmitty? Because I'm uh, very, I'm very excited about my top five. Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. And preface this by saying, just because they're on the Bears top five list of best quarterbacks of all time, doesn't mean they're any good. Because <laughs> as we know, the Bears right. have not had good luck with quarterbacks. So some it, it, of these it, names that I could be saying, they're good in the context of how shitty the Bears quarterbacks have been. But one yeah. caveat too, one caveat before you go, you can do this based on future expectations everything is is on the table so if you want my point being obviously if you want to pick justin fields you can or because he is currently a bears quarterback and we will when we look back on this in five years we will take a look at his the entirety of his career at that point to see if this list is was was perhaps dead on on the money but go ahead all right, number five, I'm going with the former first-round pick out of the University of Florida, Rex Grossman, was the starting quarterback for the team that went to a Super Bowl. The uh, you know Rex is our quarterback. Had seven outstanding games that Super Bowl season. Uh, tied Peyton Manning for the most games with over with a quarterback rating over 100. Um, had some high highs, had some low lows. It was the the Rex roller coaster, but. When he was on, he was on. I can remember some of those dimes to be thrown up the left sideline to Bernard Barry and um, didn't win the Super Bowl, didn't play great in the Super Bowl, didn't play great in some of the wins that the Bears got. But in the entire context, um, hey, he was a quarterback on a Bears team that went to the Super Bowl. You get the number five spot for me. Wow. Okay. Didn't Rex is, I don't want to give away my list. So keep going. Number four. Oh, I'm going, okay, all three of these? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah number four, um, didn't have the gaudiest stats, didn't look great um, out of the pads, uh, but I just loved his demeanor and his leadership and what he brought to the team. Jim Miller, I loved what he, I loved what he brought to the team. Uh, we didn't think he was going to be the starter. Uh, we thought that was going to be Shane Matthews. And then Jim Miller, out of nowhere, uh, loved what he brought to the team, loved what he brought to the organization, thought he was just a, a great dude, uh, still working in the Chicago media covering the Bears. Jim Miller coming into number four for me. Love Jim Miller. Not on yeah. my list. Love Jim Miller, though. Gritty, yeah. grimy Jim Miller. God bless you. Keep going. Number three, Eric Kramer had the uh, <laughs> Bears single-season touchdown leader. Didn't have the longest tenure with the Bears. Um but he was he was a stud for for Wani, coach uh, coach stash uh in the mid 90s um liked him didn't have the longest run here um but Eric Kramer number 3 for me number 2 Jim McMahon the punky QB again didn't necessarily fulfill that you know huge promise and potential so many injuries, um, and that's why Ditka and the Bears kept drafting quarterbacks and, and drafted, you know, Tom Zach to and Doug Flutie and all these other dudes to, to come in. And uh, that's you know, that's why Jim McMahon left and didn't really, you know, build on the success of being the quarterback for Super Bowl 20. But the dude is a legend, uh, he's an icon. He's recently on Twitter or semi recently, he's been on there for a little while now. He's not brand new, but uh rebuilding the brand and connecting with some new and old bears fans, uh, on Twitter. So, uh, Jim McMahon, I wish I was a, a little bit older to enjoy and appreciate more of what he did off the field and his personality and how he just clashed with Pete Rizal and, and that and just everything at the Super Bowl alone. Um, so the punky QB Jim McMahon for me comes in at number two. Um, is that number two or number three? I already lost count. Yeah. No, yeah, because Eric Kramer was three. So number yeah. two. So number one. Um, here it I'm, comes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm building the suspense here. Now, does does he go with Justin Fields and the all-in potential? No, I'm not saying Justin Fields yet. I'm. You know, if we do this list next year, I can't put all my eggs in the future basket. But of course, I'm all in on Ryan Pohl, or I'm all in on Justin Fields. But show me something. Um, I'm not going Jay Cutler. Um, 
Jay Cutler probably had a good case to be five or four, certainly. Um, and probably if I were to redo this list, he'd, he'd probably bump Rexy out of the bottom. Um, but really can't go any other way other than Sid Luckman. I mean, the guy's got all the records 900 years later. Um, the guy's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that that really is is all uh, that needs to be said about Sid Luckman. Uh, best Bears quarterback we've ever seen. And, and, we, and we haven't seen him because we were like 30, 40, 50 years away from being born by the time his career was over. Yeah, was there, was there television uh, in, in 1943 when the Bears won the championship? All right, Sid's on my list. So is McMahon. Um, did, so you don't – did you not have Cuddy? I'm, give me your – You know what? I'm going to do an, a, uh, an addendum or an amendment, however we're going to do it. I, I yeah. think it's great that you don't have Cuddy. I think it's fantastic. I, I almost didn't put him in there myself, but I did. Um, so, so I, I think, and, and listen, you, you've got guys on there that probably belong that I don't have. This is, this is personal preference, but so yeah. for me, I, I've got, I've got Cuddy at five because he did throw for 23,000 plus yards with the bears and 154 touchdowns, but he's fifth because yes, they had one playoff appearance in the NFC championship game where of course they lost, um, you know, one playoff appearance, eight seasons and ain't great. Jay Cutler was the was the king of mediocre, fifty one and fifty one, and wasn't a leader. But for his tenure here and his talent and the numbers, I, I'm allowing Jay Cutler on my list. But in my protest of him being on my list at number four, I'm going with a guy who had a sixty eight percent completion percentage uh, and and led the NFL in interception percentage. He threw thirteen touchdowns to one interception that is the best uh, ratio in bears history he was a bona fide leader in the locker room he should have been their starting quarterback he is a future head coach 16 years in the nfl nine teams josh damn mccown is number four on my chicago bears quarterback list misused by the bears hierarchy but one of the great runs four and three schmitty Four and three, Josh McCown as a as a the mayor of McCownville. Uh, I made him number four. Um, he, had, he had a great couple of game stretch there. <laughs> all shot Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, all the jump balls when when Cuddy was out. Thirteen touchdowns. He was we incredible. We're going deep into the the pro football reference stats here with the interception percentage. I love it. You're making the case. <laughs> Didn't make my top five, but neither did Cuddy. But hey. The, the, the only good thing Mark Tressman did here was, was giving Josh McCown a shot. If you talk to guys in that locker room too, Earl Bennett, uh, person number one, they all wanted McCown starting. When Cuddy got out, they're like, no, 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 don't put six back in there. This guy's doing it. But Tressman was an idiot. Um, and the Bears were just giving Cuddy the extension. was moronic too. Yeah. Uh, number three, yes, I am going with hope beyond hope. The seven touchdowns, tenors, interception is not great. But we've seen the flashes, and we've seen Bears quarterbacks. So I'm going with the bolt to lightning. I'm going with the bomb to Mooney against the Lions. A couple of them cross his body to Jesse James for a touchdown with San Francisco. The fourth and one insane run against the 49ers. Justin Fields, you are on my list. Right now at number three, I couldn't put you any higher, even though you have a chance to get there. But uh, I am betting on you, Justin Fields. So you are number three, even with your rookie season, on my Bears list. For all-time quarterbacks. Number two, uh, and this was hard, but I am putting that for me. Number two is Sid Luckman. Um, interesting. 1943, the dude had a quarterback rating of 107.5, which was the best in the NFL and basically unheard of at that time. 28 touchdown passes, which was the most in the league. Threw for over 2,100 yards, which was the most at that time. Um just to, and they and they won. They won the NFL championship. There's an eight and one football team. So uh Sid Luckman, you are number two. Kenny Ray, I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. This is some positive talk right here on this show. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm putting in Justin Fields at number three. And number one, I'm sorry, but the and I know they had a great defense and all that, and Walter Payton, but Jim McMahon was and this is was just incredible when he was right. 46 and 15 in college at BYU. My guy, Glenn Kozlowski played McMahon played with Steve young. Who was better? McMahon. McMahon was a great quarterback. Unfortunately, he got dumped on his head and his shoulder by Charles Martin, his shoulder never healed, but the guy 
had a very lengthy career, 67 and 30. Um, he led the NFL, by the way, in 1987 in fourth quarter comebacks, which is an interesting little moment. I mean, Jim McMahon, it, the numbers don't really tell you, but that number is in there. The dude was clutch, and he, he, he was smart, and he knew what the hell he was doing, and he had a ton of balls. And so for the and for the glimmer that he was, in my lifetime at least, best quarterback I've ever seen in a Bears uniform, not even close. Like, I, I never trusted Cutler. I trusted Jim McMahon to the end of the world. So just couldn't stay healthy and had a lot had too much fun off the field too. I don't think yeah. Jim McMahon spent a lot of time in the weight room and probably never did one damn Pilates and or whatever. But uh, he's still number one, the tallest I, tree in the Bears' small forest of Bears yeah. quarterbacks. I give it to I give it to nine. I think it's fair, you know, not seeing Sid Luckman. Um, it's 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 a different game. He dominated the forties. Uh, but it's it's different. So I understand not having him at number one like I did. Uh, I had Jim McMahon at two. So we, we had the, the same number, the same top two. Uh, we had some personal favorites running out, the, you know, <laughs> me, Jim Miller, you, Josh McCown, not McGowan and McNown. Um, and, and, yeah, I think, you know, my color, I'd probably, you know, if I did this list nine times out of ten, nine times I'd probably slide Cutler in there. But. You were saying it. It was more disappointments than accomplishment and success. So it was, it was a disappointing era. All the picks he gave up in the and to get him coming close a little bit. The NFC Championship game lost that injury and just never getting back uh, to that. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's it's a tough it's a tough group. And Justin Fields, if we're doing this list next year, if he throws for four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns this year rocket train to number one for me it's it's actually sacrilegious for me that i even put cutler on my list but i did because yeah. he's I, but because i i don't even i don't even know why i did because i i had all my other favorites on there and i put cutty in there so that that was my balancing i guess it was that was the balancing out of allowing me to do everything else yeah. that i love to do here so hey schmitty good times brother thank Great you uh, richard uh, thank you for for all your help behind the scenes. Here we had a bunch of cuts today, and getting us set up to do the show was uh, much much appreciated. Adam P. Funkster, Kenny, I love you too. Uh, AC Rock, appreciate you all in the chat today. Uh, we do have OTAs coming up uh, next a week from today, so they're they will be back on the field as the off season rolls along. Here, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube, and if you're listening on the audio channel. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, please leave a comment as to what you like, what you want more of. We will do our very best to serve you. Schmitty, happy Monday, brother. Good stuff. We'll see you next Monday predicting the 17-0 Bears 2022-23 season. I've been super impressed with him. I really have. Um, there's no one in this building that works harder than him. There's no one that cares more than him, so uh, we're off to a great start. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. I was raised on that, that the play caller and the quarterback have to have a great relationship, and that's important. Some of these new guys that, that uh, have come in the building that didn't even know Justin before, um, they've all connected really well. He's communicating with me so well now. Things that he's feeling, things that he sees. I've been super impressed with him. I really have. There's no one in this building that works harder than him. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.